0: Shit We've Read is a proud member of Bilo Network, a network of geeky podcasts. Please visit
1: ShitWe'veRead.com to support the show.
2: Now, let's talk about some books.
1: Hey, everybody, and
0: welcome back to another episode of Shit We've Read, Pride Month edition. Happy Pride, everybody out there. For those who celebrate and for those who don't, I feel really sorry for you. Um, and also, happy Juneteenth at the time of this recording. We decided to do this on this day. I don't know why. Probably Rico's idea. I'm just going to throw it out. <laughs> We
2: kidding. are 30 seconds into the recording, and you're throwing me under the bus. Awesome. Fantastic. Spe-
0: speaking of, I'm here with my co-host, <laughs> Jason Rico. Hi, Rico.
2: Hello. Hello. Happy uh, Pride Month to everybody and to all the homophobes. I wish you all had a very uncomfortable month.
0: Ooh, I love that. Yes. Um, and on that note, Emma Skies is here. No, mean- no real. Note. What
1: note? Please explain I- what <laughs> note that's on.
0: I just have to be there.
1: <laughs>
3: I would like the record to show I'm not homophobic. I have, I have a Sighing. staff of 45 sapphic books behind me because I just did a wreck video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. Oh no, I just—I
0: I was so mean to Rico. I really had to bounce back and do it to you too, Emma, but that might have been uncalled for. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, this is why I don't host episodes as much, you guys. I cannot be trusted. <laughs> I have no filter. Um, but we are all here today for Pride Month, not to make fun of each other, but really to celebrate pride and all of the gay literature hopefully that we've all been reading. Emma, we can start with you because you recently just shared your sapphic book recommendations. Um, Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. What have you been reading?
3: By the time this episode comes out, the videos will be up. uh, Hopefully. I haven't put them up yet. Um, Oh, oh, this is awkward because the last book that I read was straight and my current book is also straight.
0: Never mind. I take it back Emma no. is wow. homophobic wow.
2: We're doing great, we're doing fantastic
3: It's not my fault that Allie Hazelwood put a book out Last week I'm right? a Emma
2: lied, I'm a lied everybody
3: <laughs> Wait, oh my god I can't remember any book I've ever read in my entire life now Fuck <laughs> Shit go,
0: go to Rico I, can't. Okay. I have to pull up my spreadsheet okay. I think I'm- I broke Emma <laughs> What have I done?
2: So we're talking about some of the other shit we were reading. Uh, I just recently finished reading the Monk and Robot books by oh Becky Chambers. Which, um, which are fantastic. And Becky Chambers is easily one of my, fa- my favorite authors. Like, those books are super cute, uh, super short, easy to get through. You can get through them both in a day, really. Uh, I
3: thought you gave Saw five stars, right?
2: What I, I gave them 4. both 4.5. 4. Okay. I gave them both 4.5. Yes.
3: That's acceptable. I'll, I'll allow
1: it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think that really only had to do because, like, what they're saying is amazing. I just wasn't really, like, in a place where, like, it spoke to me directly, if that makes right. sense. Right. Right. Like, and if you've read the books, I think you totally understand. Um, And so, like, I recognize that these are amazing. There's nothing wrong with them whatsoever. It just didn't quite. That little bit that, like, resonates with you wasn't quite yeah. there. Uh, but still, amazing books. Um, super cute. Can't recommend them enough.
3: Have you read uh, To Be Taught a Fortunate?
2: Yes, I love that one. That one was a five star for me.
3: That that sounds like it'd be right up your alley. I just read that one. I read that one and then, because I read it on a plane and if anybody has read the book, this will make sense. um, It was really jarring because I got off the plane, turned on my little news podcast and they announced that NASA was teaming up with Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. And Mm. I was like, of all the news to get when I just finished this book... (laughs) <laughs> wonderful, great, we're all fucking doomed I hate it here <laughs> if anybody's read To Be Taught unfortunate, Fortunate you will understand why that was a little bit sad and a little bit of a kick in the teeth of like oh yeah this wasn't yep. real yep. now I want to read the book so it's I good. don't know it's good it's like 120 <laughs> yeah. pages, it's really short oh mm-hmm. that's nice, That's
0: like a little afternoon read that sounds great
3: All right, I... situation
0: <laughs> Yeah,
3: I pulled up my spreadsheet because I forgot every book I've ever read I read the Bone Shard War, so I finished up the Bone Shard, uh, the Drowning Empire series by Andrea Stewart. Uh, we went to the the event for that, Rico.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and there are, so there's a sapphic couple in that. Highly recommend that series, by the way. I loved that whole series. It was so good. The last book is a little bit, a little bit, I don't want to use the word disappointing, but it didn't. It was an interesting last book. The last book was a little bit messy. And then I read, uh, I read Ashton Parker Doesn't Fail because I loved Delilah Green Doesn't Care, which is uh, another sapphic book. And then I read Little Thieves and Painted Devils. I can't believe, I was like trying to recall what I've read and it was like my biggest thing that I've been looking forward to all year, which was Little Thieves and Painted Devils, um, which has really fantastic demisexual rep. And I literally, I have not said anything about Painted Devils yet because I, I'm i in that mode of like, I'm just processing How I feel about this thing. Because I was waiting so long for it and it was so good. And I'm just in that mode of like still basking in it. I'm like, I haven't written a review yet. I haven't even put up a rating yet. But Little Thieves is one of my favorite books of all time. Rereading it was an absolute fucking joy. I was so, so happy. Painted Devils. I was really worried for it because the author keeps apologizing to people for the ending everything I hear her say she's like oh sorry about that sorry about that there's a third book coming I'm like what the fuck do you mean sorry what am I going into I didn't know that Emma oh well now I know that now and
0: I'm in the middle of reading it so thank you for making (laughs) me scared now I'm terrified I was (laughs) liking the book
3: she keeps saying it and like I was like I don't understand what do you mean Every time I I would see her online, she's like, yep, sorry about that. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Stop saying that.
0: Well, now I have to, now I have an entire book to worry about that. Wow. So thank you. I'm on how like chapter 15. Oh, it's good, right? It is really good. Really good. good. Really, I really enjoyed it. So that's the one I'm like currently reading besides this book. I was listening to the audiobook at night. So I was listening to that. I just finished The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, how mixed, was that? Mixed thoughts on that. But the, I mean, the book itself was really good. Just the main protagonist is is half Cuban and bisexual. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but Taylor, Jenkin, Taylor Jenkins Reid is... Straight white a, woman. Straight white woman. So I yep. was like, interesting. I think we could have been a little bit more nuanced, but...
3: What's straight- weird about that too is that specifically after Evelyn Hugo, I believe she went on record on an interview saying that she probably shouldn't have told the story of a Latino woman and would not do so again. And then her latest book, Carrie Soto, is back. It's about a Latino woman. Yep.
2: Yeah. And everybody went, just wait it. a
3: minute. <laughs> Did we not have this conversation already?
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I wanted to read it for myself. And yeah, it's, it's definitely like a one-dimensional take on that identity, which is really interesting. Um, the sexuality part is explored in more nuance. Um, but... The racial identity barely talked about it at all, which was very interesting. Um, but I mean, overall, it was a good book. Like, I see why people have loved it. But I also read Fiance Farce, which was so oh, much fun. That? Yeah, yeah, Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I liked it. It's very cheesy. It's That's very, what I've like, heard. How this could not even be real, but it was just a fun time. And so, you know what? If you like a good little silly romance, and it's it's very gay, it's great. I think they're both bisexual. And then, but, like, they're both women in, like, who get together. Um, we also read Threads That Bind, which is our latest author interview for Shit We've Read, if anyone has not listened to the episode yet, which was, like, a surprise queer book, which was great. Like, lots of, like, just automatic, like, gayness is not a problem. It is not a conflict. It so it's is it's a not- queer
3: normative world.
0: Queer normative world where that is just, like, yeah, trans- Bisexual, queer, everyone just exists. And it was great. Um, and Kika has some really good things to say in our interview about like why that was really important. So I, one, recommend the book to everybody to read and then two, to listen to the episode if you want to learn more about the world. But was it, good was really it was
2: really fun. It was a really good book. Good conversation. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was, it's a YA novel, right? If I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes. Yeah. Surprisingly, like it did it at times, like it felt like YA, but I think it really stands on its own in terms of like the story and the the issues that are kind of addressed within the book and all the different pieces that kind of come together. Yeah. And then this book, Winter's Orbit. So I feel like I've been reading a lot this month, but I also feel like I rushed all of my books. Like they were just really fast. So
3: they're all really I good. just did a, like a one sitting read. Speaking of reading books really fast, I just did a one sitting read for the new Allie Hazelwood book love theoretically mm. first of all so fucking good so good if if you liked the love hypothesis you would love love theoretically but a friend of mine and i we buddy read them together we're three for three on ollie hazelwood books that's like our tradition now is like we'll pick a day the weekend that it comes out and we're like this story. and she lives in wisconsin so we're thousand miles apart and like Aww. we pick a time we start it and we read through the entire thing texting each other the whole time and it was so fucking good oh my god, oh my
2: god. it's so cute
3: it's like the highlight of my year uh like it's just so much fun if you guys have not done buddy reads before uh anybody listening i highly recommend it um it is just the most fun because what basically what we'll do is because you know you're always reading at like a slightly different pace we'll use voice notes so like we send the page number so i'll say like 132 and then voice note that part so when she gets to page 132 oh. she can just open the voice mm. note and then we can reply to each other that way and like not worry about like who's reading spoilers and stuff yeah. Because we, we tend I to like keep, that. like we're at like 15, 10, 15, 20 pages, you know, ahead or behind each other. So if you ever want to buddy read, highly recommend. So much fun.
0: That's a cute idea. I like that. I know people who like read books together, write and talk, but I like that. I like that. That makes it a little bit more, it's like an asynchronous yeah. study session or I guess book club. <laughs> I like it.
2: That's, <laughs> That's fun. fun. That's fun.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, should we talk a little bit more about our book, Winter's Orbit by Evarena Maxwell?
2: Yes, please.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is an LGBTQIA plus space opera romance. Um, it was published February 2nd, 2021. And Emma's going to read us the synopsis because Emma has already read the book now twice a second time for this podcast. This was my second time. Yeah. Thank you for your dedication to this book. I'm so I'm happy said. to do it. And you're going to read us a special uh, uh, synopsis. Apparently. This is apparently.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were talking over the show about like who's going to read the synopsis. And I was looking at the one. We have like notes for anybody listening. We have a page of notes and the uh, synopsis from Goodreads is on our notes. And it's wildly different to the synopsis that's actually on my physical book. Um, So I'm going to read the one that's on my physical book because I like it.
2: Going off script. Love it. Going
3: off script. So, uh, Winter's (laughs) Orbit by Averina Maxwell. Prince Kiam, a famously disappointing minor royal and the emperor's least favorite grandchild, has been called upon to be useful for once. He's been commanded to fulfill an obligation of marriage to the representative of the empire's newest and most rebellious vassal planet. His future husband, Count Jinin, is a widower and a murder suspect. Neither wants to be wed, but with a conspiracy unfolding around them and the fate of the empire at stake, they will have to navigate the thorns and barbs of court intrigue, the machinations of war, and the long shadows of Jainan's past, and they'll have to do it together. So begins a legendary love story amid the stars. Which is crazy different from the Goodreads synopsis. Oh yeah. Which is much, much heavier on, like, the murder mystery intrigue. Which I feel like both are true. My
0: first impression of this book, non-spoiler edition, was yeah, it was definitely more murder mystery than I thought it was going to be. Just for sci-fi, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like that's they often crossover in my experience. But I also do not like sci-fi a lot, so I don't read a lot of it. But yeah, I, I definitely felt like the murder mystery was was pretty heavy. Less on the romance. There's some romance, but like this, I expected more. The way it kind of started at the beginning with the marriage and then you really don't get anything romantic or steamy until like, I think it was like about 60% of the way in the book.
3: Yes. It depends on kind of how you define that. But yes, the overt romantic, like coming together um, is, is at about, I know what point you're talking about. Yeah. That that point about halfway 60% through the book.
2: I, I, uh, I did enjoy the romance. It's a, it's a very slow burn romance. Um, I really did enjoy that. I really loved Kiem and Jainan. Those two are no. innocent little babies that need to be protected at all costs. I love them both oh, so much. I know. Um, but all in all, I don't think this book was for me. Uh, <gasps> uh it was too political for me and I've said in the past I don't I really knew,
3: like- I knew oh I God. knew that was gonna be
0: your yeah, take.
2: Who really doesn't like, love
3: court politics?
2: Me. Rico, Hi, he Jason. died. No, I don't. If, he, if there's a court, I'm out. Um, oh my God. Uh, yeah, the slow burn romance was good, but I'm also not like inherently drawn to slow burn romances. Like, some people just mm-hmm. enjoy those. That's like their bread and butter. It's like not my, really my okay, thing. Yeah, don't ever I, read
3: Marazanapada.
2: Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't really care for the arranged marriage trope. It's not really <gasps> a thing you are I care about.
3: You're the wrong language. You are hating everything I love. I
2: know, and I know this. <laughs> slow
3: burn romance, arranged marriage, political tropes. What is
2: happening? I know. When I remember when I first heard about the book, it sounded great. I didn't really know like what it was about. It just like this synopsis. I guess I read the Goodreads synopsis, which was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but as I was reading this, it's like I don't like this. I'm sure Emma loves this. I don't like this. <laughs> I'm sure Emma loves this.
3: And she did.
2: Yeah. Um. I and I think the one thing that should have been the saving grace, which is the space opera part of it, wasn't really explored enough for me. It wasn't really a space off ho- like
3: they you don't really go off planet,
2: right? Like this exact same mm-hmm. story, except for maybe one piece of technology, could have been set just on a world with nations. There is yeah. nothing inherently like spacey about this book, and mm-hmm. so it dropped the ball for for me there. All that said, around the seventy five percent mark, I did really start liking it. So the last quarter of the book, I did really enjoy.
3: I would like to let you know that given (laughs) everything you just said, well, correct, you are. Um, But given all of that, I think you will really, really like Ocean's Echo, the second book, a lot more. I think you would probably enjoy it a lot more because for similar reasons, I enjoyed it less
2: mm mm-hmm. Okay. I had it on my – I didn't know Ocean's Echo wasn't a direct sequel, so I had it on my list of I'll read it right after this. And then mm-hmm. when I realized it wasn't directly connected, I was like, I didn't really like this. I'm not going to read the second one. Um, so now I'm torn if I want to read the second one or not.
3: We'll get there. We'll talk about it at some point. Okay. We'll, 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 okay. we'll work Ocean's yeah, Echo into the, the spoil- conversation.
2: In yeah, the yeah, spoilers yeah, section, yeah, yeah. we need
0: to talk about that. Okay, um, so
2: now now my nemesis, Emma, what, how'd you feel about this book?
0: I fucking love this book so much. I, I <laughs> well, love Wait, you it do? So you do? You love this book? I, I would have never
3: guessed. Uh, so, I mean, you guys knew because you asked me to come on for a reread. Um, so this is the second time that I read And it. you
0: eagerly agreed. You were like, yes. oh, hell yeah, I'll read that a second time and talk about it. I
3: absolutely take yes. an excuse to read this book again. So I read this um shortly after it first came out which would have been 2021 I think. Um and I was in love with it immediately. It was a very easy five star for me. Reading it a second time, I think you know over the years your ratings kind of change. I don't it's kind of the same way that I felt when I just reread the Shades of Magic series where I'm like I don't know that I could objectively look at this thing and like give it a different rating. Um so it remains a five star because I still fucking love it. I love the romance. I love the characters. I like the world. Um, to your credit, Jason, you're right. Like, there's not a lot like actual sci-fi going on, other than like the the flying car, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, there's really not a lot else. Um, but I love, like, I love court intrigue. I love court politics. I love the arranged marriage. The arranged marriage trope gets me every fucking time. And like these two. Their dynamic of like trying to it's it's almost like you could call it miscommunication, but in the best possible way of like just constantly misunderstanding each other. But for all the right reasons, I like them both so much. Oh, my God. I have the best feelings about them. <laughs> I They make me so happy. I want to hug both of them. I remember when the the thing that originally got me to read this book was um, I don't know why I remember this to this day is Tor books was promoting it like uh, on their social media and they did like a whole carousel of like different tropes and things that were in the book and it was like selling you winter's orbit based on tropes and so like all the tropey things but one of the things I remember is that they were like it's like we have one of each we have looks like a cinnamon roll but will kill you and looks like they will kill you but is a cinnamon roll and I was like I feel like you do both kind of swap those interchangeably throughout the bo- throughout the book mm-hmm. and they're just mm-hmm. I love them
1: mm-hmm. so
3: much. And it makes me sad and it makes me happy and oh my god it's just it's a good book everybody. That was a lot of words to say I really like this book. <laughs> yeah.
2: It is a it <laughs> is a good book. I will agree with you there. Like the things that I did not enjoy it wasn't me saying those are bad. It's it's, it's just those not are up things. Your alley. That, yeah, it's like they don't really resonate mm-hmm. with me as much as they do with you. But like I said I love the two main characters, like Kim and Jinan, both of them individually, their dynamic, their relationship, that romance that developed, I love them both incredibly much. But it just wasn't my cup of tea overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still a really good book. And so, if I, the things I am saying are things that you like, then you probably will enjoy this book. And actually, funnily enough, uh, one of my um, my Instagram book reader friends. Uh, I posted about this book recently, and she replied, she's like, ooh, how is it? And I told her exactly the same thing I told you guys. I was like, these are the things I don't really like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, those are the things I like. I'm going to read it. Yes. It's like, perfect. Like, there you go. Like, she knows that this is a thing for her, and I love that for her.
0: I appreciate, Rico, that you can always be like, well, I said this is not a book for me. It does not mean it's a bad book, because I think that's really important, especially with – book reviews because I kind of felt the same way where I was like there were things that worked for me and things that didn't but it's not that it was a bad book it just wasn't necessarily things that I enjoyed yeah about books in general like I'm like this isn't something I'd gravitate towards normally yeah so I like that I tried it and I like that you know like I knew Emma liked it and that people in general liked the book so I was like I'm glad that I tried it it wasn't 100% for me I think I liked it more than you but definitely not as much as
2: <laughs> Impossible.
0: Got, you know, but that's got, okay that's okay a bit of
1: opinions here
2: Laura, I don't know about you, but I am not ready for this heat.
1: Uh, me neither. It's only May and we're already hitting over 90 degrees here in Sacramento.
2: And it's only going to get hotter, which means it's more important than ever to make sure you stay hydrated.
1: Yeah, but sometimes plain old water just doesn't cut it. What do you mean? Well, anytime I take my food truck out to an event, I am constantly having to refill my water bottle and I feel like I can never drink enough. And don't get me started on all of the attendees. After hours of dancing and partying in those hot temperatures, the first thing customers ask when they come up to the truck is if we have any drinks.
2: Well, that's where Liquid IV comes in. With festival season upon us, planning for faster, efficient hydration is essential. And Liquid IV has you and all our listeners covered while you get ready before the festival, power through your favorite act, and recover after the weekend.
1: Ooh, tell us more.
2: Just one stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water gets you five essential vitamins, two times faster hydration than water alone, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Wait, really? Oh yeah, I've been using Liquid IV for years and I love it. I have a box of the passion fruit flavor sitting on the top of my fridge so I can easily add it to my water bottle whenever I feel run down, before I head out on a hike to a secluded area to read a book, or just whenever I'm thirsty and want something with flavor. Laura, you know how you always tell me my skin looks so hydrated and refreshed? That's probably thanks to Liquid IV.
1: I've literally never told you that.
2: Yeah, that's because you're a horrible friend. <laughs> While I, on the other hand, am an amazing friend for telling you about Liquid IV. But if I haven't convinced you already, here's the best part. Liquid IV is more than just a hydration brand and believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. To that end, Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world.
1: Wow, that is so cool and definitely something to support.
2: So Laura, what do you say? Are you ready to experience the Liquid IV difference for yourself?
1: I am, and everyone listening can too. Right now, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code SWRPOD at checkout. Again, that's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration using promo code SWRPOD at liquidiv.com. Hey, book lovers. Natalie here from the Tipsy Nerds Book Club Podcast, your home for the best of science fiction and fantasy, with a twist. Whether you
0: prefer dragons or aliens, your cocktail shaken or stirred, co-host Robin Dabney and I have you covered. Past guests have included authors like New York Times bestsellers Hugh Howey and Durinda Jones. And the nerds are excited to open our fifth season with bestselling authors Tracy Wolf and Nina Croft, co-authors of the upcoming high-concept sci-fi romance book Starbringer. Join the conversation. where two tipsy nerds and one great story. Available wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm curious as we get into like the spoiler section now what we're going to talk about yeah. uh, specifically. But I think before that, um, at least I didn't notice a content warning and I feel like maybe some of our listeners might appreciate just a, a wee bit content warning about like relationship abuse, if that is something that triggers you. It is light in this book, but it is a storyline that comes up for our characters. Um, not between the two of them. I feel like that should be very clear. Yes. They are not the story of abuse. We are talking about past tense abuse, some reliving of it, memories, um, and definitely affects the relationship dynamic. But for folks who are sensitive to that, please be aware, because that kind of caught me off guard. I was like, usually yeah, that's a yeah, trigger warning. Yeah. You know, it's definitely light physical abuse. It was mostly emotional abuse. And so, like, it wasn't quite triggering, but I was caught off guard and I was kind of surprised by that. So I feel like it, it merits a warning. Um, but let's get into these spoilers. So okay. if you're listening now... We're gonna really hear what Rico feels about the book. You, Lord. And we're gonna really understand why Emma loves this book so much. So, so much. we are definitely not the people to listen to <laughs> if you're like, oh, they're gonna be kind of vague in their spoiler section. They're not gonna talk about specifics. We will absolutely talk specifics. So turn turn this off until you read the book from this point on. But uh let's get into it. Okay. Okay, who wants to start?
2: Do not ask me anything about the first seventy five percent of this book, because I don't remember shit. <laughs> Like I don't. If it if it wasn't about Kim and Jainan, I don't. I didn't care about so the court stuff. So you, uh,
3: you say that the first seventy five <laughs> or the seventy five percent mark is when you got into it. Like what yeah. was your what trigger? was that? What was yeah. your catalyst? That,
2: uh, I think that's when when Jinen was was uh, arrested. I believe.
3: Okay. All right. So
0: when A- you get around
2: to- there? Give. Her, I forgot exactly oh, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. but it was around there. Once uh, like once the I was, like, really, was he
0: arrested? Oh my god. No, no, no. Well, I'm when. It, I'm like I don't want to give too much away, even though we said spoilers. You just said spoilers. Like, spoilers, I know, but I still feel really bad. Okay, um, like the point where he was taken by the the military.
2: Yeah. Yes. Okay,
0: yeah. See, arrested that. implies that there was, like, a process there, and I just felt like, yeah, they kidnapped him. Like, I would have said kidnapped, okay? It's,
3: like, wow. semantics, semantics, Rico. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, that, really, right.
0: st- that really bothered me uh, about that situation was they were like, he's under military law now. And I was like, that. No, bullshit. Yeah, I was like he didn't do anything <laughs> like there was no process they're planting evidence uh anyways continue rico so yeah, what yeah, was yeah. That the point where you were like i'm into this
2: I, I think because up until that point i didn't like the pacing i felt like this book could have been like 100 pages sh- shorter for me um so like that first 75 felt like a really long 75 and then once we got to the point where like all right he's taken into custody or however the fuck you want me to say it bella um Kidnapped. And then, you know, and then Kim is, you know, unaware and then finally they, they hatch a plan to go rescue him and they, you know, all that plays out at the end. Then I felt like, all right, we're getting, we're getting there now. We're finally doing some stuff. It's exciting. I want to see how this plays out. I want to see what the resolution is.
3: I feel like um, yeah. I would have started that at like the halfway mark when they go to the other base to get more information. Because like at that point, it feels like we're actively participating in this investigation and looking for things. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we get the huddle for warmth. There's only one tent scene. Like, who doesn't oh. love that? Honestly, I did, I did like that's one
0: that. of my favorite tropes. That was so. I was I like waiting like for that. it. I was like, why are you sleeping outside? There's only one tent. Speaking of this.
3: there's only one tent, there's only one bed. There is nothing worse in the world than thinking you're getting a there's only one bed trope, and then somebody <gasps> goes, "I'm gonna go sleep on the couch." Oh, <laughs> I know.
0: Okay, well, get in bed. let's talk about it. Okay, so that <laughs> so since you brought it up, Emma, that I think that was the thing that really like bothered me was like the the red herrings, if you will, of romance here, the bait and switch of the one. The, the, the like forced marriage wedding night did not go according to plan. Then the one bed trope did not go according to plan. And then we just have like all of this slow burn, like miscommunication, which I did appreciate because that felt really authentic to the fact that they were from two very different cultures. Yeah. And that is explored in the book. Sure. So I was like, that actually made, they have very different communication styles, not just like personality wise, but of like their culture, the way that like gender is uh, communicated and the way that like family roles are are handled and like the whole clan responsibilities that Theans have for each other. Like all of that, I was like, okay, I can see how this plays out in their romance. Like they're not reading each other right. And Kiam just like doesn't have that experience. Sure, sure, sure. But one bed. You give me a one bed. You give me like the forced marriage wedding night. And all of it just like fell so flat. And I was so bummed. And then nothing happens until like halfway through the book.
3: So I I actually loved all that, though, because as we talk in our After Uh, Dark episodes is like uh, consent is my big thing in Smutty Books, but that obviously goes into all kinds of romance. And it was it was so much more important to me and so much of a deeper connection to me to realize that Kim respected him and respected his space. And even like he's he's reading all the wrong signals. But like that was so much more of like and it made the eventual getting together so much sweeter because they were crossing signals wrong the entire time yeah
2: no i agree yeah no
3: i agree but it is frustrating
0: to read where you're like
3: like what the fuck I was like, Why I thought are you Emma liked this book. I thought
0: Emma liked this book, which <laughs> means the romance is not frustrating if you don't not, care about the tropes. The romance is not happening yet. Uh, yeah, Rico's like, thank God it wasn't a one bed trope. Yeah. Um, okay, fuck you, Rico. You're the reason that <laughs> there is another this book in
3: particular that I think about every time I think about the one bed trope because the guy literally sleeps on the floor for like half the bu- like on the floor, and I'm like, I hate you. I love you, but I hate you. What? What, what book is for this? Me? For the Wolf by Hannah Witten. Okay. Phenomenal book, love it. Hmm. But that man hmm. sleeps oh, no. on the floor for that yeah, one no, ventro. No, no,
2: no.
0: It's like it was so respectful but rude for me <laughs> <laughs> waiting. <laughs> Sorry, I know what no, we were going to say. I
2: love that Kim's like only genuine concern was that Jainan was in mourning. Like yeah. I thought that was so damn sweet, I and that was, sweet. and that's when I was like, okay, I really like Kim. Because he, like, because yeah. up until that point, I mean, he's, like, a total himbo. He's stupid. You, you know, he's just, like, the black sheet of I mean, the family. I yeah, he's a himbo. And then, and then this is, like, the first spark where we see, like, oh, there's more to him. He actually is capable of caring and being yeah. sensitive and stuff. And, like, I'm on board with Kim. And so, yes, that that made the the one bed thing not happen. And I'm sorry for your loss. But uh, we got there in the end.
3: It's okay. We got a one sleeping bag. So it's fine. <laughs> and
0: that was honestly, for the Twilight fans out there, was nice. <laughs> I was like yeah <laughs> what Jacob and Bella never got <laughs> oh my god you didn't think I'd bring that up did you
2: always oh, goes back to twilight I,
3: I like I to keep go- you on your toes like, I went to wild as the witch we're like half the book no. is there's only one tent trope
0: no my yardstick is absolutely twilight <laughs> as problematic as that may be <laughs> oh my god I need you
3: to read love theoretically the book is eight percent twilight references
0: All right. Probably will then. That helps. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about that more offline, but um, (laughs) because apparently that's not what this podcast is about today. But yeah. So yeah, I definitely was frustrated by that, but I don't know. I really liked the characters overall. I think that's where the strength in this book really was, was their relationship. I really liked Jainan's just kind of overall, like, I don't know. He was so committed to duty, but was still falling in love. I don't know. It just played out really sweet in the book. Just like how he slowly kind of gained back his trust. Like that felt really authentic too. After everything he'd been through with his previous partner.
3: I don't know. That was just really sweet. This was an interesting one to read for the second time. Cause I feel like I remember reading this for the first time. And I'm wondering like how immediately obvious it was to you guys that he had been abused in his previous relationship because like oh, right away. part of, yeah, yeah, like part of it is like kind of, you, you're seeing it from Keem's side where he's like, this guy was married to my cousin. Yeah. You know, he died a month ago. He's clearly deep in mourning. And like, you kind of very quickly realize that's not the case. And like something was going on there. And you kind mm-hmm. of slowly get exposed to more and more what it was. And like going back and reading this, knowing the extent of everything that had happened in their relationship just made it so mm-hmm. much sadder. What really was kind of frustrating to me, and, and they address it, is that
0: Kiem could not tell, like Kia was just misreading all the signals. And I was like, dude, like, I know that you've grown up in this little ivory tower, like quite literally, but you can tell this is not love. That is not how you talk about love. And I just, I just really felt for like, I don't know, his struggle when he found out and he was like, I feel like the biggest idiot in the world that I couldn't see it. And that's how much he loved him. But it was also really, really fucking sad that it took like, I don't know what, like almost 80% of the book for that to,
3: well, yeah, I think around that like really click. Because even really before really like he, he he eventually realizes or he, he kind of slowly starts to realize there were problems in the relationship and like maybe they weren't as in They were love, not happy. Yeah. Or they weren't super happy. But it takes a long time for him to realize the extent of what was being done to Jainan. And yeah. it really does kind of take until he's literally going through Jainan's memories. The memories, yeah. And seeing yeah. what was happening to him.
0: And seeing the – they run into that video clip in the, yeah. his art, his messages, or Tam's messages, his previous partner, and that's when he he's like, oh my god, like, I kind of saw it, but I didn't – I didn't know that it included, like, physical abuse because that's the scene that he sees. He's like, I could tell there was, like, some, like, displeasure, right? Like, he didn't love Tam, but it was just – it was so sad. And then the memories – yeah that that was that was really
2: those sad. hit me harder than i, than I thought i mean yeah. I, I knew there was uh emotional abuse uh, or at the very least emotional neglect perhaps if you want to i
0: think emotional uh, abuse is very yeah
2: well yeah but i'm saying if, if if like you don't pick up on that like at the very least there's you oh. know but but mm-hmm. yeah the the actual physical abuse that yeah. that we replay at that part it was like oh, oh. I, I wasn't like really ready to like revisit that with him. um yeah, I felt really bad for
3: him. Well, and then just how resigned he is to everything.
2: Yeah.
3: Marie's <laughs> like, yep, this is just how life is here. This is just what I have to do. I'm not allowed to talk to my family. I'm not allowed to talk to people from my planet. I am sequestered with this person, and I'm constantly watching for his moods. And, like, have you ever yeah. dealt with people like that, like, where you know, you, it, you don't even have to watch their mood go down. You just watch something happen, and you're like, and that has ruined the next week because mm. this is this is suddenly going yeah. to be a problem. And you're like constantly trying to balance the act. It is so. It's like I mean, like you said, it's really hard to watch somebody like watch his thought process through that.
0: Oh, that those were the hardest moments I think for me to read was Jynen, like reading his thought process around, and then also when he when he kind of projects it onto Kiam. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, now Kiam's gonna be mad at me because I did that because I because that's how Tam would react, and it was just like knife to the heart yeah. of like we because we are seeing into Kim's brain at times because it it switches between their two perspectives and you're just like Kim is obviously not Tam. Like he's a very different person. He I don't think he could get mad at a fly unless that fly was hurting somebody he loved. Like even the press he handles really well and like never really gets mad at them. Like he's always like I understand that's their job. Mm-hmm. But like I wasn't happy with that story. How can I fix it? And so when Jainan Jainan was like, "Oh, Kim's going to Kim's going to hurt me." Like, he's mad that means I need to just sit here and like either let it pass or take it. Whatever that is. And you're just like, "Oh, that hurts. That was so fucking sad. It was hard to read. I think that's also what made the first like half of the book really hard for me was like, "Okay, where's the romance? Yeah. Where's the friendship?" <laughs> like, we're halfway through the book and they're in And that made it very real. I think that's what made the writing really good was we didn't all of a sudden after like three days together, they're like besties and all of his, you know, healing has occurred. So that was very realistic, but it was also very hard to read. (laughs) Very, very good.
3: Well, it's yeah, that, that it's miscommunication crazy. that you're talking about, because it's on both sides. So on Kiem's side, you've got this yeah. idea of him not recognizing yeah. the signs of their relationship, and on yeah. Jainan's side, you've got him not recognizing the things that Kiem is doing for him. Like even to the point, like when Kiem gets so mad finding out that Jainan hasn't been able to contact his family, mm-hmm. and like throws every like his entire purpose in life becomes. How do I fix the security clearance issue? I'm like to the point of, of conning people into getting names he shouldn't have and into offices he shouldn't be in and mm-hmm. forcing them to give it back to him. And he still doesn't catch on that like he's doing this for Jainan. And because like it doesn't occur to him that anybody would do that for him. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I love like him so
0: much. Like, yeah. like he thinks Kim is mad at him for how he's like, I'm so sorry to be an inconvenience. And he's right. like, literally, you're not the problem. Like <laughs> the amount of times that Kim has to tell Jainen that like, you are not the problem. This is not your fault. And you are not an inconvenience. Like I am mad for you. You are allowed to be mad. And Jainan's like, but I love being here. I just like, all oh, the brainwashing that Tam did to him. I hate Tam. And when we get like a ghost Tam later on when they're being tortured and like, yeah. simulation and ghost Tam appears and is like, I'm not, I'm not really dead and you're just like what? Did that hell? did that
3: fake you out at all? Did you actually think for a second that he was alive? Oh my god, I
0: did. I did. <laughs> no. I did think he was alive. Because I well, okay, Rico. Fine. <laughs> but I was like this book has had a lot of like red herrings and things that I wouldn't have expected. So like fuck, I guess he's alive now. But it was kind of like everyone really pretended like he was dead then. Like I was kind of like that doesn't make a lot of sense, but I guess that's happening. We now. had seven
3: funerals for you.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I was like, and his, his uh, the guy uh, Aaron who like takes his job and is like, turns out to be behind everything. Was like, oh yeah, I killed him. Blah blah blah. He wasn't like, and he's secretly alive at any point. Like this yeah. guy hated him, so I was like, if he's secretly alive, like he would not be on this spaceship right now. Like he'd be hiding on like another planet. Like this doesn't make a lot of sense, but I guess it's happening. Like so in the I was moment, kind of it gets, it's,
3: it's because she it got you me out with him waking up. And you're mm-hmm. like, I watched mm-hmm. you wake up. Obviously he's awake. And then it does the double fake out. Like, oh, you thought you were awake, but you weren't. Which was is good. like one of the, my me. least favorite tropes. But for whatever <laughs> me reason, too. it worked here. I don't fucking know. It but, did
0: work. I didn't like it, but it worked. But yeah.
3: You know what just did? I was like, I don't know why this came to me in the moment. I was trying to remember at the time that I, read, I was like, what did I just see that fucking did this? I've Don't ask me why. I'm watching Shadowhunters and Shadowhunters okay. just did that. And I remember thinking at the time, Cause I think they did, they did it like two wake ups. And I was like, what the fuck is this inception? Like how many layers of waking up are we going to have to go through here? <laughs> Cause they do it that. twice in a row. And I was like, I can't take this. I, once you're awake, you're awake. Leave me alone.
0: <laughs> I agree. I can't take the fake
3: out. But it did, like you said, it did make for like a nice kind of, um, moment of closure where like he gets to stand up to Tam, which was good for him probably in the long run. Um, they're just, they're both such big, sweetness. I really
0: wanted that to be real for him. <laughs> I was like, what a great, I was like, I don't want Tam to be alive, but I love that you stood up and like, you know, got him to be scared of you. So, yeah. Rico, what else did you like or not like that you really want to talk about? Because I'm so <laughs> curious.
2: I don't uh, know. You, yeah. I, I
0: feel like it's not often that you're like, this book was not for me. Like this book really hit all of your dislikes. <laughs>
2: they're not even dislikes. no tropes no like tropes that you dislike not that the
0: book was a dislike but because i read it and i the minute politics was like i don't know the main topic of a of a chapter i was like oh rico's gonna hate
3: this oh no i don't think i knew that you don't like politics
2: yeah i don't know like I don't, I don't really know why. And it's not always, I mean, there's some books that I've read that are political in nature. I
0: think that this was like really political. I was pretty surprised because again, like I thought there'd be some romance. There is like murder mystery. So I didn't think that like politics would really play into it. (laughs) Now don't know why it should have obviously murder, but it, it was really heavy on the politics. Like you learn a lot about the two planets and the treaty and like why they're getting married even though it still felt very forced, but, like, you get it. You're like, okay, the fate of the their little planetary system, galaxy, no, galaxy? Planetary system? I don't know. I'm not science. Um, I'm not science. I'm not science. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
3: <laughs> you Why heard it
0: here so first, funny? folks. Bella is not, in fact, science. <laughs> I love that that's the thing that kills Rico. <laughs> People can't see, but you're dying. <laughs> oh, God. I finally did it. I finally did it, guys. This is not what, what I would have put my money on. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I, Solar System? No, word? apparently the type of humor I really like are, are, are phrases that are almost correct, but <laughs> not quite. Uh, and if anybody's a Critical Role fan, uh, there is one that always gets me. It's in Campaign 2 it's um who the fuck, uh, caduceus he gets stuck somewhere and he says help it's again and that's what he says and i remember fucking dying when <laughs> what does he says, that mean because i think I, uh, he got stuck like it's pre- happening again yeah i think he got stuck previously and then he got stuck again he's like help it's again and i fucking started dying because like i know what he's what he's trying to say and it's not quite right and apparently that's by humor i like that so help oh, it's no. again I, you i'm know not what science. You like
0: question mark? <laughs>
2: uh what's that trope called because that's what i need in my books
0: <laughs> uh i don't know i'd say bella's brain is glitching but I
2: don't
0: that's yeah. a trope for everybody just me <laughs> what was i even talking about I don't remember. Oh, I'm politics sorry. <laughs> I don't in their solar system i figured yeah. it out um I got there. Are they a solar
3: system, though? Because I don't think they're all orbiting the same sun.
0: Well, they mention, like, their planets are all... Oh, maybe they
3: are.
2: They're a a, a galactic empire.
3: Sure.
2: I mean, they don't have to be in the... It It feels like a good segue
3: into the sci-fi aspect. Mm -hmm. Since we were talking before the show about being a little bit confused about some things. Yeah.
0: As I said, I'm not science. So science fiction is sometimes really hard for me because I don't I don't care as much about science which is why I like fantasy it's magic you mm-hmm. don't need to worry about the science behind it so I think there were just things that I wasn't tracking because I don't care and then they confused me later on That's so, so funny
2: I'm, I'm curious exactly what those were because I felt like there was not really science fiction in this, this wasn't a science fiction book it, it's this little like-
0: things that throw me off because I'm such a like process oriented person like I can think very abstractly so the minute you don't give me that. I'm like, nothing else makes sense because I feel like I'm missing a piece. Mm -hmm. So like, it was things like the, the resolution treaty, they sometimes would say, oh, resolution staff. And I was like, what's the difference between resolution and resolution treaty? And then their staff, are they staff who like their job is only to do the treaty? And then who's the auditor? Where did his power come from or their power? And, and what is
3: happening (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's, not, that's not sci-fi for
3: for the it's, listeners it's... <laughs> uh for the for the listeners before i get off that uh the example we eventually came into is that they're basically the un it's an yes, it's an overarching that body a that a lot of yeah. planets are a part of uh yeah. separately but like you said like that's not necessarily a science fiction thing like it's just well a political so entity thing
0: it is a political which is when the minute you said UN, i was like oh i get it but in my brain my brain was like okay it must be science Right. So there must be some like galactic multiverse person pulling the strings and I don't <laughs> know how it's all connected and what's happening. And I made it worse for myself. I recognize that I'm the problem. <laughs> but I definitely think there were just like things about planets and how they're connected because then you get into the the high chain.
3: Right. The we mentioned chain the high of, chain. Like,
0: yeah. Celestial beings Body. I, like, that I is don't really know confusing. where you're
3: getting celestial beings from. I feel like I never saw the I word celestial in this. I'm gonna find it because oh I yeah, you swear have a Kindle. Can you just search the word celestial? Yeah, I can. I'm gonna do it. So, because and what the thing is, so I've no, read... there's no
2: celestial. Get
0: out
2: of here. <laughs> Continue, Emma.
3: Because they talk about galactic, but I was like celestial. Um, so I've read both oceans, uh, winter's orbit, which is the first one, oceans echo, which is the second one, and I kept trying to think. I was like, is the high chain? where the second book takes place because the second book takes place on a completely different system through the link. And it's, it's not even a little bit connected to winter's orbit. So a lot of times in these kind of like romance standalones, you'll get like, Oh, it's a different story, but like they pop up or like you'll get cameos or things like that. It's not even a little bit connected. You could read one without the other completely fine.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. So this is where I got confused and this is where I put in the word celestials. Okay. You're sitting here with seven planets and a total population in the low billions. The high chain owns a third of the known universe without assistive tech. The human brain cannot effectively comprehend. That's how I felt either their population or the distance between their borders. The resolution was drawn up by balance of mega powers. We are a skeleton group overseeing a fragile truce do you really think the resolution is in itself half under the chain's influence?
3: So the high chain is is a body. Yeah. It's just, it's it's another uh, country, Uh, not country. What's, what's a colonial empire.
0: But this is where I was like, are they celestials? Are they just. I don't other, know. Like, go. I don't know where you got celestials. I, I, that is I, all i really?
2: I still. Because don't.
0: of the mega powers. Because of a the mega, mega powers. powers.
2: Like, like, like like a corporation
0: like, or a government. Yeah,
2: like USA was a mega power. Russia, USSR were Listen, mega powers. Like, it's I not just celestial.
0: watched. Look, I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy and I always think of the second one. I was literally thinking, she's thinking Guardians of the Galaxy. I am. Because oh. I told you I don't like sci fi. So there's you're, only a you're few. You're
2: adding unnecessary sci-fi I to this. No,
0: but if you don't have anything else to play off of, how else do I read mega powers? I'm like, there's the high chain is know, not I a fucking corporation. This is where I'm like, <laughs> this was sci-fi trying to be politics, social science, and you didn't define your terms. And now I'm very confused because I don't know what it is. So I'm going to start putting things in there. And see I don't if think they that's stick. ever in a Maxwell's fault. I don't think that's her fault. I didn't say I said it, I'm the problem. It's me. you guys. It's 100% me. But this is why I don't like sci-fi. This is why I was like, this you just is have to read more me. of
3: it. You just you just have to devour more sci-fi. No, because then I just
0: start putting things in that are like, I'm confusing myself. I need I need a glossary of terms. So I can but know you what you are talking fantasy about. Fine.
2: Fantasy works for you. There's made up things in there. And that I makes do, sense I re- for you. Dude, I really don't know how
0: to explain it. I, I truly <laughs> don't. I don't know why. My I would brain be really interested. Can't do for you. It. It's a mental block. It's oh a mental goodness. block. <laughs> okay. It's a I would, bias.
3: I would be interested for you to read A Taste of Golden Iron, which is very, very similar to this book, except that it's bodyguard trope instead of arranged marriage, but it's fantasy and not oh, sci-fi. Mm, so I wonder I'm if that to... would just be like much more up your alley. Yeah. I don't mm. I don't know what it is.
0: I think for me, fantasy is just very familiar, so they often use the same terms. Right, right. So I can like I know going into it, I'm like, the high court. Yeah, it's like the Yeah. Royalties inner circle, whatever. And like all the lords and ladies and things. But like, I don't know if I can know what the high chain is and what's a mega power in this in this universe. I don't know. I'm just gonna start throwing things in there. You gotta define it for me. I like to define my terms.
1: Well, that's well, it's, it's funny, funny. It's funny Just that you say writing. that
3: because one of the things that I that I think about with this book is that, and this is also something I've been thinking about with fantasy recently, is the idea or the difference between when we're talking about fantasy, the difference between fantasy romance and romantic fantasy, or in this case, fantasy or sci fi romance and romantic sci fi, because I feel like I classify this as a sci fi romance rather than a romantic sci-fi where it's very heavily a romance book that takes place yes. in a sci-fi setting
1: Correct.
3: as opposed to like a big sci-fi book with like a little romance plot, you know? Yeah. And uh, conversely, Ocean's Echo, I think is romantic sci-fi where it is a honking sci-fi book, but has a romantic plot line through it. Um, mm. Which again, now Rico, I really just want you to read Ocean's Echo and tell me if I'm right, that you end up liking it a lot more.
2: I'll read some of it.
3: Because I, so I went into Ocean's Echo, the second book, not to get too far away from Winter's Orbit, but I went into it expecting another Winter's Orbit and I ended up giving it like a 3.75 because it's not that at all. And I feel like that's not the book's fault. That's my expectation going and expecting Winter's Orbit and not getting that. Because then a couple people that I like really like tend to uh, sync up really well with their opinions, both gave it like high, high rated, like really big sci-fi five stars. And I was like, I think my expectation of going into this just wanting and expecting another winter's orbit is what like pulled me out of it but it doesn't have it, it has political intrigue only in that it's based in the military they're like within the military so it's a small military structure and as opposed to like the empire structure that's in this and i can't remember what else it was that you hated um, it's not an arranged marriage it's an arrangement but they're not married
2: Again, I, I want to clarify. I don't hate arranged marriages. I don't hate slow burn <laughs> romance. That's not what I was trying to say whatsoever. All I was saying is certain people really gravitate towards right, this. Right. Like know. like if 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 that's on the page, if you know you're getting that, you're like 100% in. Yeah. That does nothing for me one way or right. the other. Uh, mm. And so that's all I was trying to say. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> there's, there's nothing about this book I disliked. It just wasn't quite, other than maybe the pacing, like I guess.
3: So I would say that there is a slow burn, the romantic slow burn as well in Ocean's Echo, but it's also not the forefront, sort of the way it is in Winter's Orbit. Um, and do you remember in Winter's Orbit, they mention, so they don't, I don't remember if they mentioned the the system that they're in at all, but they do mention there are parts of the the various other systems where like people can implant thoughts in your head. Like, you know, uh, they mentioned that very quickly in Winter's Orbit. They're like, there's places where they can read your mind or implant thoughts in your head. That's what's explored in Ocean's Echo. Is that, mm. that's the kind of, you have people who, you have uh, various mind readers. Somebody can read your mind and somebody else can implant thoughts in your mind. And there's two different kinds. And you get an arrangement range between those two. Anyway, I've gotten us too far away. it sounds more yeah, interesting. But I, yeah, I feel like you would, I feel like you would like Yeah, it. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I think what I wanted out of this book was more akin to um, Made of Stars by Jenna Boris, which was... A romance set in a sci-fi world. There is a little bit of politics in there, but it's not really like the main thing. It's really the romance in a sci-fi world. And I didn't get that from this book. And so, they could give you like a good example of the way I, I view politics. I tried reading, what is it? A Memory of Empire.
3: Oh, I, I want to read that. A Memory Called
2: by, Empire.
3: Bar, uh, huh? A, a Memory Called Empire.
2: Yes, yes. By R.K.D. Martin. There you go. I think I read like the first two pages and I was like, now I'm out. I, I can't. It was just so, so, like, right away, politics, right, and like, right. yeah, really yeah no, I'm good. I'm out. I'm out. I don't want to deal with politics. I'm out. So that's how I feel about political stories, usually. <laughs> Moving on.
3: <laughs> so, okay, so we've talked about like, the romance and the sci-fi. Yeah, and yeah. The, the... I,
2: I think, okay, we, we need to talk about the gender roles. I mean, especially since mm, this is our, our Pride yes, Month episode. Pride. Like, we need to talk about the gender roles in this book. Because uh, so, there are, go, go ahead. Go.
0: Well, I was, I was just, I, I'm just really excited to hop onto this. So... What was really interesting about this book is it reinforces that gender roles are a social construct. So like Mm -hmm. each society featured has their own way of communicating gender. And what I liked about it is one, like you never assumed anybody's gender. Like you looked for the signals that were like agreed upon by society. So like if you identified as like a woman, you would wear flint. If you were a man, you would wear like a wood accessory. And then if you were non-binary, you wore like nothing or like glass glass beads mm-hmm. or something like that. And they mentioned that like multiple times. And what I enjoyed was like every time that they interacted with somebody, they would mention like what item they were wearing. They're like, oh, the flint flickered on her ears and her earrings. Or even or like talking
3: about how like the specific action of looking for it. Like, the, yes, exactly. it was like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm already like, I'm scanning. Is it an earring? Is it in her hair? Is it on a ring? Is it on a, is it on a brace? Like they're immediately scanning for that.
0: And if they don't see it, they're like there unless, you know, corrected or, you know, then catch it, which I I appreciated. I was like, I feel like that's very one, like kind of where we're going in the direction of like uh, pronoun pins or I don't know, like just asking people's pronouns by default. Like this in this world, they've gone past that. It's just part of the culture. And then what was also interesting was like Kiam and Jainan, like in their worlds, the gender markers were different, like in Jainan's world um and the uh, it was like head scarves how they were wrapped and right. like you hear in his head like the misgendering that he can, he's like i think it's wrapped in the male way and the like as a man i think that's it but he's just he's just thinking it and then at one point i think he interacts with Jaina, and he's like oh her and, and he's like oh no it's it's him and it's it's just like okay cool like yeah sounds good they don't argue. They aren't like, I don't know. I perceive them this way. So I like that. It was like the queer normative, like, you just have to respect well, people. Well, like, it
3: hits you from the very beginning how much mm-hmm. gender is not adhered to the same way because, I mean, the entire mm-hmm. premise is an arranged marriage for politics between two men because it's mm-hmm. not about making an heir. It's just about making that alliance. And then mm-hmm. whether you can make a blood heir between you really doesn't fucking matter. So Does Mm -hmm. not matter who's got what reproductive organs. Um, And then through that, like talking about the different ways that they procreate. Like it seems like procreation on Thea is natural human procreation, where on Iscat, it's like a bunch of your family members throw a bunch of jeans into something and you put it in a blender and you get something out. And like, as he's talking about that and giant is like horrified listening to him (laughs) list out like, Oh, I have this aunt and this uncle and this, that, and this, because it's like, for them, it's a very taboo thing to talk about. And he's like, I forgot about that. Yeah. Like that, that it's like a very, it's a very like a moment that only happens one time. And it's kind of just used to sort of illustrate the cultural differences. Yeah. Um, But like, it's just, gender norms are not a thing. Gender roles don't really matter. There's men and women and non-binary people at all levels of the government. They don't use gender-defining terms for leadership. So it's an emperor, not an empress, even though she's a woman. Vale is a prince, not a princess, even though she's a woman. So they don't have gendered terms for any of these things.
2: Yeah, you guys already said it, but I I like the idea that gender is performative, right? And, And wearing these different markers Dictate which gender you are, um but I didn't think it was explored enough, I, and I still had questions about it because I felt like even then you were boxing people into certain things. Right, you have to wear flint if you're not right.
3: You're still requiring people to display their gender. In right, way.
2: right, and, and 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 realistically, I think all gender systems, regardless of what, what it is, would have people who do not conform to the system. Right, and and I feel like that was not really. I, I think at some point in the book. And I forgot I should have marked it, but there was somebody who was wearing, I believe, male markers, but they were saying there was there was she. Is that ringing about at all to either of you?
0: I think Can't that remember. was the head scarf thing.
2: Was it the headscarf? I forgot. If I'm
0: not mistaken, I think that was when it was somebody from Thea and Kiam was like, Oh, sh- he and Janin was like, No, it's she. Like, so I
2: was was a takeaway that it was in the female fashion and and he was misinterpreting it. I believe I,
0: so. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I don't okay, know. I maybe, think it was maybe just I like it. I,
2: I thought. I, I think, thought it was it was in the male fashion, but they no. were actually female. No, and, no my, and, my
0: understanding was that Kiam like misread because he wasn't familiar okay, with the okay. way that the scarf wrap designated I think that gender. Scene,
3: yeah, I think that scene in particular was. Supposed to directly juxtapose an earlier scene where we'd had Jainan having a memory of Tam mocking him and calling him stupid for not being able to work through the very obvious to him gender markings because they're different on his planet. And so we had the earlier memory of Jainan not being able to immediately recognize things because they're brand new to him and Tam basically calling him an idiot. And then Mm -hmm. later in the book when Keem does the same thing and it's like a quick correction. Oh, thanks. Now I get it. like Move on.
0: That's a good point. I didn't even think about that, that it was also like something for their relationship to compare, juxtapose the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and that's what I like, that's what I liked about it is I feel like, and you know, this is just me getting like in the future, but like gender will sort of always exist more than likely. I don't know when we will get to a point where gender will kind of cease to be like politicized or binary in my my lifetime, I hope that that changes. But at the same time, it's like, it's still like, why is there even, like you said, like, why is it even still performed? Like, why is it we have to do like male, female, non-binary? And that's such a good point. I don't, I don't know. I mean, again, it's all social constructs. Like it's people needing to put things into boxes. It's just how the human brain works. And I think for some folks, it's easier to be like, it's okay if a box doesn't exist. Whereas you have the type A people who go like, "No, a bo- I need a box for everything. I need a label for everything." And like, you know, um, so that's that's kind of what I appreciated about this book was that it is approachable or like palatable for people who need labels, but it still allows for like the nonconformity and like fluidness that other people might need. Of like, I don't really care what gender is. If you would choose to not use a marker, you. would It wasn't politicized. It wasn't judged. It wasn't like, oh, that person's non-binary. Like, I hope they're okay. It was just like, okay, them pronoun, they them pronouns, cool, move on. Like, it was automatic, normative in this society for it to be okay to not have a marker, Um, which is I where I think we can get to, like in our world, not in a sci-fi universe, but it was super interesting. It was definitely like made me think a lot about like cultural differences. And I think that the author played that really well, where it was like, again, used as a way to juxtapose the relationship, but also these cultures and what makes them so different and why they were having miscommunication from the beginning. Like they have two very different cultures. And so they're navigating that on top of every, at top of all the political bullshit that's happening behind the scenes that they don't even know about. It's pretty cool. It was, it was a really deep book. There were layers to it, which I Mm -hmm. Mm appreciated, And I think played into the story. Like I don't feel like gender was used in a performative way. Like it was right. part of their relationship.
2: That's nothing cool. to add to that.
0: <laughs> I love that you brought it up, said nothing. <laughs> and just like let us talk. I appreciate that. I'm just gonna drop this here. Well, you
2: kind of took you kind of took it a different direction. I mean, I, was, oh, cause no. I just wanted I wanted it to be explored more. I I like I was I yeah. had questions about like can people wear different ornaments every day? Like, today I'm wearing flint. Right, Tomorrow like if you're gender f- fluid. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, are mm-hmm. putting people in one of three boxes. Male, female, non-binary. Yeah. But what if you're more fluid? What if you want to wear flint and uh, wood? Like, what if you want to wear? Like- I, yeah,
0: I kind of had that question too at one point. I don't remember. There was, there was a moment where we meet a character and I thought maybe there was, like, were they wearing both? And I think that was me just reading it really quickly and I read it back. And I was like, they weren't, but I wonder if they could. Like, does anyone ever change? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good point. I don't know. I. I do think it could have been explored more. Is it mentioned in the other book? The I oceans echo.
3: I don't remember how they do gender in this book, or in in oceans echo, because mm-hmm. it's a different system. So it's a different like. Uh, it would okay. be a different um system, quote unquote, uh, gotcha. of their gender uh, display. But I can't honestly remember. I really feel like I need to give Ocean's Echo another shot. Now that I know that it's not what I think it is going into it, I feel like I need to give it another shot. Mm, yeah.
0: I think you should. I think we should all read it next. So,
2: so if you're going to read it again, I'll read it with you. Oh.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll read it too. Because <laughs> as much as I was like, there were things I didn't necessarily enjoy about the book. Like that's my own personal thing. And I'm like, well, this is a new, an entirely new book. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll like it even more. So I'll give it a chance. Maybe we'll do a little buddy Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine all the voice notes we're gonna get from (laughs) you. But I'll do it. I'll do it. I like. I'll tell you
3: that. So my friend and I that do that that we we figured out. uh, It used to be that you couldn't send voice notes longer than a minute, and then at some point we just accidentally figured out that that got extended because we weren't getting stopped in a minute, and we never like we we accidentally figured out that the new limit is twenty nine minutes and fifty nine seconds. Oh wow! Because we hit that. And so she sent me one and it was 29 minutes and 59 seconds long. And then she just sent me, well, I figured out the new limit. That's a, that's a podcast. <laughs> that's I what we call them. Much. We call them our friend podcasts, Like, that's And we'll be like, all right, I have a new podcast for you. And it's like, here's what happened in my day. And we'll send each other like 15, 20, 30 minutes uh, well, of minutes. at a okay, time. Okay, that's
0: cute. That's cute. That's
2: cute. <laughs> I love it. Yeah.
0: Our
3: little friend podcasts.
0: <laughs> I have a friend I could do that with. That sounds cute. We used to do podcasts together, so that's perfect.
3: Anyway, for what deserves it. I keep getting us off topic. My
0: apologies. I
2: mean, you covered everything I wanted to talk about.
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel
0: like this book is really good and people should read it. And I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to I really think It's say. interesting
3: the, the way that you respond to it being sci-fi. Because one of the things that I talk about when you're like getting into sci-fi is I call this a really good starter sci-fi book because it's kind of light on the sci-fi. It's like if you're just wanting to dip a toe into the genre of sci-fi, it's very romance-heavy. It's a romance book with a sci-fi setting. And I'm like, this is a good one to kind of start to if you're gravitating from other
0: genres. I agree. I think, again, the problems were me. (laughs) Uh, I was the problem. And I think like if I were reading it again, I just would like need to like get out of my head a little bit and just be like, that's not what was said on the page. Like, we just need to take it at face value. But I I am such a, like, investigative reader. Like, I deep dive. So I'm, like, I'm I'm trying to guess the ending. I'm trying to guess what this world is like. Like, I'm trying to, like, build things out for the author. That by the end, I'm, like, okay, why am I confused? Did I confuse myself? I did. But I still don't. I need to ask my friends because we're going to talk about this for an hour. And I need to be able to talk about it. <laughs> but instead, my friends just make fun of me, so... And I deserve <laughs> it you have a little bit explain. Okay? <laughs> I, I I deserve it. I bullied you at the beginning, so it's only it's only matter. Yeah, yeah. There. <laughs> if I can't take it, I can't dish it. <laughs> so, what well, what would you rate it? Well, it's a five from me. Okay, Emma's still a five, so nothing's changed. Now, Nothing now what changed. would you rate
2: it? I would give it, oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. There's, like, what it was for me, but what I actually think it is. That's right? a hard and that,
3: one. That's a hard one. And, and
2: that's, it. like, for me, I put it, like, in the 3.5, 3.75. Um, do I think it's maybe a better book than that? Probably.
0: Um, I agree. That's
2: my I'm, rating. Yeah, I'll, I'll say 3.75. I'm happy with that.
0: That's my rating. I'm like 3.75 because again, I don't think it was for me, but like I would recommend this to like people who like sci-fi and who like romance and I'd be like this is a romance book with a sci-fi setting. Like it's a good time, it's a good world. If you like politics, you'll like this book. Like I think I would definitely like make known some of the things that Rico brought up and yeah, cuz that's I mean that's a good point. If you don't like politics, this is very heavy on the politics and I did enjoy that, but I don't like military politics. And so then I was like, oof, I don't like the military politics. But no, I think it's, it's a really well-written book. And I think that I wish Ocean's Echo was a direct sequel to this book because I feel like there is stuff I would explore more. Mm-hmm. So that's disappointing. So that's good to know because I will read Ocean's Echo not thinking it's a direct sequel because that is very important.
3: I am curious because the author says, so the, the sequel is not about the high chain, but the author said that, that she's willing and wanting to explore the high chain in later books. I wonder if there's going to come a point where like, they sort of come together um as mm. we get more into the high chain, or if they're always just going to be like, just different stories in this overarching massive universe.
2: Mm. That's a good question. All right. Well, we gave our ratings on Goodreads is rated 4.01 out of over 20 K ratings. That's not
3: bad. That's not bad. Yeah. I feel like with our averages, that's that seems about right. Yeah. So you guys heard it here, listeners. They will read Ocean's Echo. I, I'm going to hold us to that. <laughs> I see maybe your we'll face, see Bella. Uh-huh. Oh, maybe. we're already equivocating. All right. Wow. I see. Maybe Whoa. what?
0: Maybe what? I. It was a nice thing, Emma. Oh, Do you okay. want to maybe listen first? <laughs> no. <laughs> I would like to jump to conclusions. Obviously not. No one's on Uh, a
2: podcast to listen. Right? You're on a podcast to talk. Not
0: not podcast hosts, that's for sure. Uh, I was going to say, maybe we'll do a bonus episode of Ocean's Echo.
2: Oh, just our voice memos.
0: (laughs) Just our voice (laughs) memos.
2: Just the voice memos, that's it.
0: We'll release our unedited, raw voice memos to each other. Rico will just cut it like a podcast. For those interested, you just have to email us. We'll never respond. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, I think it, it could be worth, you know, talking about in the future. But at the very least, I'm going to read it and we're going to talk about it. So I'm excited. Oh, yay. But yeah. So what are we reading next?
2: The next thing I'm going to read. Nico
0: looked so, like, you were, like, overwhelmed by that question.
2: <laughs> it's a really <laughs> like, big question. There's just so many books just out there. At
0: the spreadsheet.
2: Yeah. No, I the next thing I'm going to read right. is This Is How You Lose the Time War. by amal el motar and max gladstone uh which if that title might sound familiar to you and you are on twitter that might be because it is of the viral bigolas dickolas fame
3: i'm so Um, i love that so much oh my god (laughs) bella do you not know about this this sounds so familiar but
0: you're gonna for me and our listeners please refresh
3: would you like to explain it rico
2: um I, I could try you might be better, but I could try please please correct me um there is a, an account on Twitter person mm-hmm. uh username I believe was Bigs Wolf something Wolfwood they're,
3: yes, their name was Bigelus Wolfwood because they were an anime stan. they were a stand for an anime called oh my God oh Trigon they're a Trigon Stan they're a Trigon Stan account that was the entire thing so they're called Bigs Wolfwood.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and they tweeted, apropos of nothing, uh, basically along the lines of, you need to read, this is how you lose the time war. Like, I love this book, just just go out there and read it. And um, that shit blew up. That was this huge thing all over Twitter, social media. um, It
3: really, yeah, this guy had like, he had like, I don't know, maybe 15,000 followers, I think. And he just puts out a tweet and it's the cover of the book as a photo. And it just says, read this book. Don't look up anything about it. Do not look at the synopsis. It's like 200 pages. It's maybe four hours on Audible. Just do it. And then in a follow up tweet, he was like, it was very much that kind of stan culture like, grabs you by the throat. You will read this book. Like, he was very adamant <laughs> about it. There was no link. There was no like, go buy this here anywhere. And for whatever reason, like that, that tweet blew up and it had like millions of impressions and it had hundreds of thousands of likes and retweets. And for what, and for like a week, And it was this book that like, had been like, this is how you lose the time war. It was widely beloved within the fantasy genre or within the sci-fi genre. Like it was, it was an award winner. I believe it won a Hugo award. Um, It was very, very popular within its own niche, but it had kind of, I think what the the author, one of the authors said about it was it had, it had accomplished their dream of hitting the mid list. And mid list is like, you're not a bestseller, but people have read your book. And so they're like, accomplished our dream of hitting the mid list. And suddenly it was the number three book on Amazon period not number three sci-fi not number three queer book the number three book the only things ahead of it were prince harry's memoir um a parenting book and like a pulitzer prize winning non-fiction like whatever like and it that was the only thing ahead of it and it just for whatever reason there was like a week or two where we were just all talking about this is how you lose the time war this very very weird little epistolary queer sci-fi book and mm-hmm. like you had bookstores getting in on it, so like bookstores were putting out little stickers that said like "recommended by Bigalist Dicalist" and like putting it on like a recommendation sticker and like little oh notes. like amazing. It, it was so authors funny. are doing
2: like videos of like how to summon their own Bigalist Dicalist.
3: Right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: it, was, it was. Oh my God. Social social media is a weird place, but anyhow, it
3: <laughs> is. Yeah, it was so much
2: fun. <laughs> That's so. one of
3: the things that I'm
0: like. This is when I like social media. Like we're blowing up good things yeah. for like, you know, smalls book. People, I don't know. It's great.
3: Book I'm very excited to hear records. what you think about it. It's so weird. It's so weird, and I love it so much.
2: That probably like it. like weird stuff. And, anyway, so that's the next thing I'm reading because um, one of the local bookstores here in Sacramento area is in Elk Grove, California. It's called A Seat at the Table Books. They have a uh, regular sci-fi fantasy book club, and that is the next pick for, for that club. So that is why I'm reading it. Did you, you join weeks. their book club? Uh, yeah, I've gone to a few of their Oh, nice. Their meetings, yeah.
0: yeah. I love
2: that. Yeah, it's nice. Anyway, so that's what I'm reading. Uh, Emma, what are you reading next?
3: I just started today. I started Dark Water Daughter by H.M. Long. I'm very excited. For this. I'm in like a pirate phase right now in my reading. I've been reading lots of pirates and I have more pirates on the horizon. It's worth it. Uh, but H.M. Long is, is an author that I'm mutuals with on like TikTok and Instagram. And so she reached out to me and she was like, hello, can I send you this? Would you like this? And I'm like, absolutely the fuck I would. So this comes out July 11th. I'm 57 pages in and it's immediately so good. it's so good you've got a disgraced naval officer who like really wants to earn his reputation back you've got a weather witch who is running away from the gallows there's a lot going on in this it's and and you know what it is she says uh she keeps like a for the the male character the naval officer do you remember in pirates of the caribbean norrington yes Yes. like very stuffy guy and then in like Uh the second or third movie he is totally disgraced and gets all scruffy and dirty and gross and suddenly he's really hot Yes. That's this guy. That's this guy.
0: <laughs> that's actually what I pictured, so yeah. that's amazing.
3: So Dark Water <laughs> Daughter by H.M. Long. I believe this comes out July 11th. Uh, yeah, amazing. July 11th. This is already so good. I'm 50 pages into like a 400-page book, and I don't want to put it down.
2: Awesome. That's how so you know it's going to be good. I want to compare pirate books with you.
3: Oh, we'll make we'll make a list. We'll make a spreadsheet.
2: I already, I already got one. There's actually an uh, uh, upcoming After Dark-eligible pirate book that I really want to read. Oh. But it's not right. out until later this year.
0: Did we? All right. No. All right. Who's picking our next After Dark? Is it Emma?
2: Well, we'll get to that in a second.
0: Well, what are you reading next, Bella? I am reading. I just got notified that I can uh, uh, read Crescent City, book one by Sarah J. Maas. So I'm excited Ooh. for that because I haven't gotten. It was on hold at the library and I finally got it to my to my phone. I want updates. I will I will let you know. I'll, maybe I'll send you voice memos um, on Discord. <laughs> Um, uh, but I'm also, I'm reading Painted Devils and I, I know I said I was reading that at the beginning, but I'm so excited because I loved Little Thieves and I'm listening to the audiobook and it's so good. It's the same narrator and it's just, it's so good. So I'm really excited. It's like a completely different vibe, but yes. it's still the same heart. Yeah. And so I, I just, I'm, I'm loving it already. I've listened to it. Pretty much like non like every night and it's hard to like go to sleep because I'm like, I really want to keep reading this book. So it's well I have good. My, I have my sleep timer on 45 minutes for the book, which normally I'm at 30 minutes because I was mm-hmm. like, I need to read it more. <laughs> it's so good. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying to like keep things open, keep things, you know, flexible for the for summer. I feel like I don't want to overcommit to books because I'm hoping that I'll be more active once I get my little... Sling off next week, so
3: mm-hmm.
0: we'll start there. So ask me, ask me next time, because I feel like sometimes I'm just blowing through books. I've got some net galleys I got to get through too. So, oh my god, me too. But I couldn't yeah. even tell you what they are right now. There's so many. Yeah, I, I, I got one them. I need
2: to read, and I'm not looking forward to it. I have
0: like. We'll talk about I it. Offline. I have like, t- I think I have like ten that I need to read. Oh my god! I requested a bunch because <laughs> I thought they'd all reject me, and then they all said yes.
2: <laughs> Rookie. So
0: well. They all used to say no to me, and then now they're saying yes, so I don't know. Uh, I try really yeah, hard to
3: keep my feedback ratio at 100%. Me too. And I think <laughs> like, I have fuck. like three right now, and I'm like, this is too many. I have too many open. Like I said, they all said yes.
2: I think I'm at like 41%.
0: <laughs> oh my God.
2: <laughs> Maybe 48%. And they go. still approve me for things. I think oh. I'm lower
0: than that at this point, but I'm going to get through these, so. You guys are making me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. a lot better. I'm about to go to like the lake for the fourth for like an entire week. So I'm like, I will be reading a lot, trust me, because I can't jet ski or like swim or anything. So Ooh. I'll nice. get through some books. Yeah. Nice. That Kindle's gonna be glued to me.
2: Nice. Well, Bella, you asked what the next After Dark book was and mm-hmm. whose pick it was. We announced it on the last After Dark episode. So if you've listened to it, you already know. Uh, but we are reading that time I got drunk and saved a demon by Kimberly Lemming which was Emma's pick.
3: Yes, it is. Uh,
2: we're reading that next month. That's going to be your episode for next month. So
3: I'm so excited.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, stay tuned for after dark and uh, let us know your thoughts on this book or any other book that we're that you're listening to based on our recommendation on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at shit. We've read dot or not.com at shit. We've read. I swear. I know how to internet. <laughs> Um, Emma, what you're are not your science socials? and
2: you're not internet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Emma, you want to plug your socials? <laughs> uh, you can find me at Emma Skies on TikTok, you can find me at Biblio Skies on Instagram. Uh, and I talk, talk talk about books and shit. Emma knows how to internet, you guys. Yeah, she's great. Follow her, yeah. <laughs> gone great. She does.
0: She does the internet right, so. <laughs> all right. And on that note, happy Pride, everybody. Thank you for listening in. Read queer books all year round and pay attention to what's happening in your governments because anti trans bills are happening everywhere. And um, to the homophobes out there, not us, because we're not homophobic, have a terrible month and um, feel free to disappear off the face of the planet. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Shit We've Read is hosted by Laura Benson, Jason Rico, and Bella Romero, with music by Joshua Chilton and editing by Jason Rico.
2: To join the discussion on this and all other books we've read, find us at Shit We've Read on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok.
1: For more information about us or to request transcripts, please visit ShitWe'veRead.com. This podcast is part of the Bilo Network. Visit BiloNetwork.com for more great geeky podcasts.
2: Thanks so much for listening.